You're listening to Pop Culture Fanatics, a podcast for the crazy fan in you. everyone and welcome back to another great edition of screaming for more brought to you by pop culture fanatics the only podcast for the fanatic inside of you it's your host with the most the ghoul too cool for school mr val cisco and i'm here bringing back another horror movie for your ear holes guys it's time to talk about the latest film in the horror franchise brought to you by your boy james wong the film is called malignant Guys, I've been waiting to watch this movie for a year now. I was highly anticipating its release uh, from the viral marketing that came out, making this movie seem like it was the next Insidious. So with me, guys, I was already on the hype train. I was riding that bandwagon to the fullest extent because I love Insidious and... You know, in some ways, I do like James Wan as well, too. I feel like he's a hit or miss sometimes with some of his movies. I feel like the Conjuring series is more about jump scares and storytelling rather than a horror franchise. But I do love Insidious and and certain other movies that he's created as well, too. So I was ready for this. Like, with the trailers that didn't reveal too much. I love trailers that don't reveal too much of what's going on. This seemed like an entity that was creeping into a house and doing some devious things. So, of course, my attention was there. And guys, if you're new to the podcast, Screaming for More is a section where we talk about specific horror movies that either came out or from the past as well, too, on the silver screen or on TV or your streaming service. So... Let's get into what Malignant is. I won't go too much into it. There are going to be spoilers here, so if you have not seen the movie, go ahead, take take a pause, take a break, and come back to this, and let me know what you guys think as well, too, while hearing this. So, Malignant is a 2021 supernatural slasher film directed by James Wan. The film stars Annabelle Wallace, Maddie Hassan, George Young, and a slew of others as well, too. Malignant was released theatrically and on HBO Max in the United States September 10th, 2021 by Warner Brothers Picture under the New Line Cinema banner. Of course, since its release, it's had a mixed bag of nuts when it comes to the reviews. We'll go into it right here. Let me give you a little bit of the plot. We won't go too much into it. Maybe the first 10 minutes of the movie right here. But in 1993, Dr. Florence Weaver has her colleagues, Victor Fields and John Gregory. They're both treating a psychiatric patient of the name of Gabriel at Simon's Research Hospital. Gabriel somehow has acquired special powers like controlling electricity and broadcasting his thoughts via speaker. During one night, he gets violent and kills several staff members. 
28 years later, a pregnant woman named Madison Lake is living in Seattle after enduring two years of miscarriages, which has strained her marriage to her husband, Derek. During an argument, Derek smashes Madison's head, you heard that right, against the wall after which she locks herself in the bedroom and falls asleep. Madison later wakes up to find Derek's body having a dream of a man entering their house and violently killing him. The killer, still being in the house, attacks Madison, rendering her unconscious. So right here, you already have the murder mystery, whodunit, what's going on. You have the backdrop of a mysterious layer and psychiatric therapy sessions happening as well too. So a lot going on here with this movie already. So let's kind of talk about this movie in a nutshell. How was Malignant? I will say, to start off with the hospital, I mean, it was a treat for me. It is not a CGI mess, but definitely you do, you see the CGI there. Um, it's not a real hospital whatsoever, and if it was, that would be freaking awesome seeing that in Seattle, right? Why wouldn't that be a tourist attraction? And of course, it being Seattle, why not, right? Uh, it's already creepy with the rain and craziness happening out there, but... Um, yeah, this hospital has a mix of Hogwarts and the Asylum from House on Haunted Hill. It has both of those things. I was actually cracking up when I first saw it. I was like, Harry, Harry, you're a wizard, Harry. Um, uh, as far as what's going on with the patient Gabriel and having psychiatric powers and speaking through audio equipment like speakers or different other equipments as well too, the fibrillators and things of that nature... Um, interesting, interesting. I will say this, going into this movie, I wanted to be completely surprised, I didn't go into spoilers, I didn't go into any other threads whatsoever, I wanted to immerse myself into this movie. I want to say in the five minutes of watching this movie, I already knew what was going on. And that's a little sad right there. Um... And that's kind of been the case for some James Wan movies. I feel like he gives you um, your plate, you're going to eat it, and whether you like it or not, it's still going to be digestible. That's how it is sometimes. Um, so, being that I knew what was going on right from the jump, <sighs> did it sway my, my feeling of the movie? No, but it was a little disappointing that I figured it out. Now, would everyone figure this out? I wouldn't say that whatsoever. Would you be pleasantly surprised at the reveal towards the end? Possibly. It is a what-the-fuck moment, but I feel like we've seen something like this happen before. Uh, I, I mean, we definitely have, but I don't want to spoil too much right there. Um, the fact that this was being in 1993, that was hilarious as well, too. No real significance of that, other than just dropping the 90s into this equation right here. Um... And then let's talk about the characters. So let's let's talk about our girl right here, um, Annabelle Wallace. You know, coming from different shows as well too, like The Mummy, the, what the Tom Cruise remake, uh, and other couple of films as well too. Um, her character is not believable whatsoever. The only thing believable about her character is the fact that when she is shocked and scared, you can it, it draws you into the character a tad bit. You could understand why this character is frozen in fear. That's really about it. The decision making, the motivations, 
the heartbreak and torment, it's not there sometimes. I feel like it's an empty shell of a body, which kind of makes sense going to the end of the movie about being a shell of a body. But at the same time, you don't really root for this character whatsoever. You're not rooting for her to stand up on her own feet and take charge of her own life. Um, which is a little sad because you get that first scene with that toxic relationship with her and Derek. And you see that this guy is struggling um, from alcoholism. Now he's sober, but he's going through the ramifications of just trying to deal with it. And he's very violent and aggressive. So this is not the first time that he's put the beats on her. So, you would think a moment like that would really, plus she's pregnant as well too, would really uh, motivate this character to do something, or at least motivate the audience to root for this character. But you really don't care whatsoever. Um, after her getting knocked out, and of course the evil entity that comes inside the house and kills Derek, I mean, you're not feeling any sympathy for this guy whatsoever, right? But... Do you feel the horror? Do you feel the suspense? Do you feel like you're in the presence of evil? And I can't say that. It just feels like you're waiting for the next jump scare. Like I said, this is the first 10 minutes of the movie, and this is just my personal feelings toward it. Am I being a little rough on it? Maybe, but I love horror movies, and I love... I love most of James Wan James Wan's movies. You know, I think whatever he's either directed or produced um, is pretty solid for the most part. But I feel like this was just a whole bunch of things thrown at a, at a board and trying to see what actually sticks. Unfortunately, um, let's talk about some other side characters of this right here. Uh, Maddie uh, playing um, playing Madison's sister. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like not just her, but most of the people in this movie are not believable whatsoever. I mean, I get it. This is fiction, right? But at the end of the day, I feel like everyone's motivation is a little weird. For instance, Madison's sister, Sydney, played by Maddie Hassan. Um, I feel that if you are a sister, no matter if you're... If your loved one is in some kind of abusive or toxic relationship where you don't know what's going on in their life, when you see family go through a traumatic experience like this, like a murder, a who done it, your house was, you know, home invasion essentially, your the husband was murdered, yada yada yada. You would want to stick by your sister or your family member no matter what, right? But the motivation of this character, and I get it, she's a little kooky, she's an actress, she's trying to figure herself out in this world, maybe she's a little too busy, but the fact that this murder happens, you know, Madison loses her baby because of all these things, all these things that are happening, this is her third miscarriage now, um, you would want to be glued to your sister. You would want to, whatever place she's at, whether it's a hospital or going back to the scene of the crime and staying there, you're going to be glued to your sister. And the fact that she's like, Okay, you sure you want to go back? Rock and roll. Goodbye. It just seems so abrupt and weird with no explanation whatsoever. Uh, we go into so many things that, that Sydney doesn't know about her own goddamn sister. Like I said, I get it. You're in a toxic relationship. Um, things are not as clear as they should be within the years of marriage. But she just drops Madison pronouns pal Madison just drops bombs on Sydney within the first 15 minutes of the movie like oh we're not really related blood to blood you know I was adopted 
Okay, Sydney, Sydney gets that bomb dropped on her. Oh, I've had three miscarriages so far. She gets that bomb dropped on her. I've had the special friend I've been talking to when I was a child. She gets that bomb dropped on her. It's like, goddamn, Sydney. Like, <laughs> do you know anything about your sister whatsoever? Are you even close? So I felt like that character kind of fell flat. I wasn't rooting for her throughout the movie as well, too. And she has key parts in this movie trying to discover Madison's past. But am I rooting for her? Am I invested in her? Am I invested in her trying to uncover what's going on? Not really. Let's talk about uh, one of the detectives. The main detective, Detective, um, if I botch his name, Kyoka Shaw, um, which is played by George Young. Of course, he's your McDreamy detective, kind of young, kind of handsome, you know, could be a possible love interest if they pushed it, but they never did. They never pushed that agenda whatsoever, which is refreshing. But of course, he's a young, handsome CW star that wants to come out there and uh, try to solve this mystery as well, too. He's apprehensive on what's happening in Madison's life. He's apprehensive on believing um, what Madison's saying about certain things that are happening around her, like uh, evil entities or the devil and things of that nature, right? Um, so it's like one of those X-Files I want to believe in a way. Um, his motivation is kind of weird, too. You don't know what kind of detective he is. You want to say, I, I, I would like to say he's like the X-Files detective, like he would dip his toe and believe in the supernatural if push come to shove, but he's easily swayed not to. Um, he's also a weird kind of cop. Nothing, nothing about his character says I'm a rogue. Like he has his partner, and his partner's there, and his partner's more of the the hard ass. She's more of a hard ass than he is. But he's not like a rogue cop. He's not like you know what I need to find things myself and do things my way whatsoever. He's he's vanilla. <laughs> no offense to anybody that loves vanilla, but he's vanilla. And no one really cares about him. He doesn't really care about anyone either. I don't know what his motivation is in this movie. I don't know if he's really trying to solve the case. I'm not sure if he's trying to book Madison, thinking that she's the one that killed her husband in the first place, like the Who Done It story. So it's weird. And then when you get a chance to actually see what. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Val Cisco dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And, of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast, too, with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh... Whatever is out there, download it. It's freaking phenomenal. You guys won't regret it. Take care. Ciao.
Gabriel is, in the movie, you have the detective actually following him, not calling back, out, back up whatsoever, not calling in his partner whatsoever, just going into like enemy territory, into an enemy's lair, and not knowing what the fuck is going on throughout the whole goddamn movie. He's completely clueless, even to the point toward the end where he has that hero save. He's utterly useless. Why are you in this movie in the beginning? Like, I just didn't care. I didn't care. I didn't care if he believed or not. I didn't care if he was invested in Madison, or even Sydney, or even Gabriel. I just felt like he was there to clock in and clock out. That was just my interpretation of how I felt about those two main characters right here. There's a whole bunch of other characters in this movie as well too, but they just seem so vanilla, so flat. I feel like the acting's pretty flat. Um, and of course, for a horror movie, you're not looking for Oscar performances, right? You're you're looking at something that's going to get you through the movie because at the end of the day, the scares are what are important. What's important? Um, but I feel like this is it's not trauma level acting, but man, this is like early 80s type acting where there's no soul to any of the words that are coming out of anyone's mouth whatsoever. Even the last lines that you get from Madison um, don't have any soul. You're supposed to have this heartwarming message about sisters and, and womanhood and being independent, taking back what's yours, and it just feels lifeless. Lifeless. Which is crazy, because this chick's married to Chris Pine, and that guy, you know, has so much life when it comes to uh, his roles, whether it's Captain Kirk, whether it's anything out there, the guy really has like a heartbeat. And Homegirl, I just don't get her. I, I don't get it. I don't know what her direction was in this movie. Um, let's talk about the scares because that's what we're here for, right? Screwing for more. We want to know if this movie was goddamn scary or not. I will say this. This movie is not scary whatsoever. This movie runs on PG-13, maybe for the gore aspect and a couple stabbings and whatnot. Um... It's not a scary movie whatsoever. I believe that Insidious was 10 times scarier for a PG-13 movie than this movie. I feel that it has a creep factor. I'll, I'll tell you that. If you're there for the creep factor, you have a couple of parts. You know, and you saw some of their greatest hits in the trailer, like the scene where um, the husband Derek is trying to... It's the first 10 minutes of the movie. Uh, husband Derek is trying to see what's going on, on TV, and he sees a figure on the couch, and of course... Um, as soon as he turns off the lights, the figure is gone. Um, the creep factor is there. There's parts where you see Gabriel just in the mist and the shadows or doing a couple of jump scares. It's there. But it's not as prevalent as, as some other James Wan movies. Like, I felt like The Nun had more creep factor than this. Um, that's saying something. Annabelle had more creep factors than this. The Conjuring, all Conjuring movies had more creep factors compared to this movie. Um, like I said, I feel like they were doing a lot of things. Just throwing a lot of darts at the board and trying to see what actually stuck. Um, if, if anything, I feel like the marketing of this movie w was to get the audience, like myself, to believe like this was a next insidious. That this was a supernatural, malevolent force that was trying to invade people's bodies or the atmosphere or a house. Um, the way it was shot... Um, in the trailers brought out that creep factor but once you get into this movie and you settle into it, it it's not a scary movie whatsoever it's a thrill ride and that's probably giving it high praise right there um, the cinematography is beautiful 
this is a beautiful shot movie in, in some aspects. Like um, that that house chase scene that you see in the trailer, fantastic. There's some spots as well too in the hospital or even in the attic as well too that look eerie and creepy and make you feel like you're inside that area. So I can appreciate that direction right there. But it gets killed with some CGI antics. Like I said, the the hospital, um, the the house that Madison lives in. Uh, could be a CGI mess at times as well too. Um, the police station was a CGI mess as well too, especially with Gabriel bouncing around. It gave me Blade 2 and 3 vibes, the bad parts about them, especially with the CGI jumping all over the place. It gave me those vibes right here. Gabriel itself, I'll say that, Gabriel itself was not intimidating. And once you figure out what's going on, it's definitely not intimidating whatsoever. Um, and then the reveal as well, too, when you actually see what Gabriel is, um, it's not going to give you nightmares. If anything, it, it it just it makes you cringe just a tad bit, but you're kind of just waiting to see what happens. It's kind of like a car crash. Your eyes are, are trying to pay attention to what's going on, but you really don't want to be watching this. Um, so, yeah, that's it for like the for that for how it's shot right there. Um what else can we get into this movie right here? Because I, I, I'll, I'll save my review, my, my, my popcorn star rating toward the end of this. Um, the reveal. Um, I Since this movie's still fresh, I don't want to tell you what the reveal is, per se. All I can say is this. And maybe we can revisit this later on with a couple of people on the podcast as well, too, and talk about the reveal. Once, if you're a person like me and you figured out what the reveal was in the first 10 minutes of the movie, it feels like a slap in the face toward the end. I feel like there's no crucial backstory on power levels or power sets or whys. You get maybe a hint of why Gabriel has certain abilities, but it's not really panned together well. Um, You get some science to it I guess but you could throw that out the window um and I guess Gabriel's motivation yeah I get it it's it's a revenge plot but you still don't see any motivation to this whatsoever it kind of is like I want to say it's like mindless killing but it really isn't there's there's a point to it but it's like what happens afterwards like what do you do afterwards like you already done what you what you were set out to do, but what was your end game, right? Like, what were you gonna do? Like, just kill a couple people and just take a stroll to the park and be like, "What's up?" That wasn't it either. So that was just bothering me right there. Um, there is so much death in this movie and little consequence, which surprises the shit out of me. And that is one pet peeve that I hate the most at certain horror movies. Is like, where's the accountability? Where are the consequences? There's like at least 25 people dead in this movie. Maybe even 40. I'm not lying. Like, there's a lot of people dead in this movie. But you would think like there's some consequence toward the ending. And it doesn't leave you anywhere. It leaves Madison trying to be a strong, independent woman. But there has to be some consequences to what's going on in this goddamn movie. And I get it. I love the fact that you get this sisterly love, you know, women empowerment, rock and roll. Um, Love it. Love it. Love it. But 
goddamn, do you question yourself when the when the credits roll and you're like, that's it? What's gonna happen after this? And do I even want to know what's gonna happen after this? Maybe that's one thing that I can say right there. It's like you really don't care after watching this movie. Nothing bothers you. What bothers you is that there's no consequences, but nothing really intrigues you to say, God damn, I can't wait till they make a Malignant Part 2. Like, nothing. You don't get any kind of sway. Um, there's no, uh, I guess, ah, uh, maybe. I, I don't want to reveal it too much, but there's no indication that even a sequel or Easter egg is there for you. And not every movie needs a goddamn sequel, but man, just some kind of substance at that ending would have been fine. Um, James Wan is notorious for putting Easter eggs in movies, uh, especially in the end credit scene. Whether it's like an Easter egg or just like moves the story forward, like in the Conjuring series, he actually shows the Warrens in real life compared to what they were in the movies portrayed. Um, Annabelle, you get some creation ideas on what the doll actually looked like and whatnot. Um, the same thing with other movies as well too, like. Um, uh, insidious where you see the 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 bride in black blowing out the candles you didn't get anything with this movie like i said it's just it felt soulless it felt lifeless it felt like let's just get this out on hbo max or theaters and let's let the audience choose it's not a really great movie to begin with but at least there's content out there and i can applaud that content is is content whether it's bad content or good content it's out there keep your name relevant right um but yeah it just felt weird. No Easter eggs, nothing to really make a a consumer, a audience, want to go back and see this movie again or buy it on DVD. You know what I mean? Now, I can see some people who didn't see anything coming, didn't see the reveal coming, and say, man, that was cool. I get it. Hell, I'm part of a lot of horror groups on Facebook and Instagram and yada, yada, yada on social media. And so far, I'm seeing some positive reviews for it. Like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Wow, that reveal was crazy. Wow, that last 10 minutes was awesome. Meh. Good for you guys. And if you still see the Disney magic with these movies, rock and roll. Uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a little too jaded uh, when it comes to these movies. Maybe I just look at the inconsistencies right from the beginning to start. And that's my problem right there as a critic. But... You know, if you found some positive things for this movie, if you found some things that you loved about this movie, rock and roll. I just don't understand certain things. Like, if you would have gave me a little bit more backstory, if you would have gave me a little bit more, more character develop with Gabriel, with Madison, with Sydney, with the detective, with a couple of the detectives, uh, with Madison's mother, with um, a couple of other things, um, her her surrogate mother. Um, then maybe, but I feel like everything's up to interpretation way too much. And that's where it falls flat. Because if you're interpreting what a character does or what their motivation is, um, you're grasping at straws. Or you don't have any connection to the character whatsoever. So how are you supposed to feel invested in their motivations or what they're doing in this movie? How are you supposed to feel invested on, on if Madison lives or dies? Or if a detective lives or dies? Or Sydney lives or dies? Or what happens to Gabriel? There's no investment whatsoever. You're just along for the ride, and I guess that's what this movie is. So that's my review there. Uh, maybe we'll do a, a heavier spoiler review within a month or so. We'll get some people on the podcast as well, too. We'll talk about that spoiler. But if you guys want to let me know what you thought about the movie, uh, here on Anchor, there is a voice messaging system where you can actually leave a voicemail. Um, or voice note and just be like, hey Val, I like that reveal. Hey Val, I like this movie because of this. Hey Val, I hate this movie as well too. 
go for it. I want to hear comments. I want to hear exactly how you felt about this movie. Uh, you can also message us here at Pop Culture Finex on Facebook at uh, Pop Culture Finex. There's a fan page and group for it. Um, on Instagram at PCF Podcast and on Twitter at PCF Podcast as well too. The podcast is everywhere from iHeartRadio to Spotify to Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and more. So, golden popcorn time, guys. Here we go. What did Val think about this goddamn movie? I am going to give it... I don't like doing halves, but I'm going to have to put a half on this one. One and a half golden popcorns I know that's rough I get it I understand and maybe I'm looking at this movie through rose colored glasses or whatnot or through my credit glasses but it did not give me the ride that I was looking for personally and it did not substitute an even better ride it's like wanting to go on the Back to the Future ride in Universal Studios for anybody that's in their 30s, y'all remember that. And instead, it's replaced with It's a Small World After All. Now, there's nothing wrong with a small world after all, but if you're trying to get into some action and adventure and trying to get your blood pumping and you get into that, it's like, heh, okay. Um, and if you guys are not into these references from Disney or Universal Studios whatsoever, um, I guess it's like, um, you wanted some orange juice and what you got was, um, tap water. And I'm happy that I get some tap water, but I could have used some orange juice. There you go. That's an easier one right there. Uh, it wasn't scary. The jump scares that James Wan is really good at weren't there as well too. The concept was a little too much for me. There's about five or six different concepts they use in this movie, and none of them really stick. The acting's very dry, um, drier from your from your run-of-the-mill horror movies. But with the actors that are involved in this movie, you would have thought, hmm, okay, there should be some driving force there, but there wasn't. Um, the plot's crazy. The CGI is a little wonky. A lot of wonky. A lot of wonky. There's some really bad CGI in this movie, and I feel like the trailer is misleading as well too. Um, the sound's great, and some of the cinematography is pretty good as well, too. But other than that, it does not leave me wanting more. It does not leave me satisfied, and I really wouldn't go back to watch this movie. Unless I'm reviewing it with some friends as well, too. And that's really about it. Like, even with the reveal itself, it just didn't do anything for me. And I feel like there's been far better horror movies this year uh, to compare this movie to. And, um... I could go back and watch those movies and have a good time. This one, not so much. So guys, one and a half golden popcorns for Malignant. But let me know what you guys think. It's on HBO Max. It's in theaters. Hit us up over here at Pop Culture Fanatics. Guys, thank you. We are out of time. Hopefully you enjoyed this. I want you guys to have a safe weekend, a safe time, a safe rest of your 2021. And until the next one, guys, have a spectacular, spectacular rest of your evening. Take care. Bye-bye.